to today's episode of Jazz Beats, your number one podcast for jazz news and entertainment. Here are your hosts, Jackson and Tyson. Jazz lose another heartbreaker in Salt Lake. Not a good way to close out this pre-Thanksgiving excitement. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, but it was a fun game to watch. A lot of exciting moments. It reminded me of the playoffs. Right, it it did. It seemed like a playoff atmosphere. They were competitive. It was a tight game. Anyways, And I love that. I I would rather lose by one than win by 30. No. I would. Every every once in a while. I See, give me a blowout in our favor, and I am a happy man. See, the blowouts aren't comfortable. I I find myself walking in and out to get more chips and salsa. Yeah. Just more cookies. What's I haven't heard any downside. Okay, I get I I but then I'm just there for the food. I'm not even there for the game anymore. Yeah, I see your point. Cuz I'm like, "All right, Forest, way to go." Yeah. yeah it's just less stressful on my life. I love the stress. <laughs> I, I want to be at the game where I where the whole crowd is standing up like they were against Memphis. The last two minutes of every game. I want to stand up the last two minutes of every game. And just be sweating and nervous yeah. and yeah. shaking. I want to be to the point where I have to puke. Hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about that. We got a lot coming up in today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving week. Yeah. And welcome back to our loyal listeners and welcome to our new listeners. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad you put an S on the end of new listeners. <laughs> Oh, because there could yeah, because there could it could be just one yeah. or or less than that. Surely, there's more than one. Anyways, a lot to talk about in jazz world. Um, yes. But before we get to that, there's been some some interesting league news, right. or league incidents, if you will. Yeah. Um, LeBron James, yes, a household name. Everybody yes. knows. Everybody knows LeBron has now, as of this week, been ejected two times in his entire 18 year career. Wow. Okay, one of them was this week. What did what happened, Tyson? Man, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen some clips, but uh, foul shot. Um, you've got LeBron James and Stewart standing yeah, next year to old each other, right? Stewart. Stewart might be young, but he is built like. Have you ever seen the Green Mile? Yeah, like yeah. that dude. Yeah, like that dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you haven't seen that. Today's episode is sponsored to you by the Green Mile, uh, uh, MGM Films, or whoever made it. <laughs> I feel like we have a lot of sponsors coming up right <laughs> we, now. We do. Okay, so he's a big dude. Anyway, LeBron is boxing him out. I mean, anytime there's bigs fighting for a rebound, I mean, there's a lot of physicality, right? I mean, there's any- a lot of limbs and arms getting intertwined and tangled up. Sometimes yeah. I watch replays and I'm like, geez. There was no call on that, and then I realized that's every rebound. Like those guys, they really do take a beating down there. Okay, go on. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. So anyway, I from my understanding is Stewart had a bit of an arm wrap around with LeBron, which was instigated on both parts. But LeBron went for a very aggressive uh, push off just to in- unentangle himself from Stewart, and as he did so, it's he pushed off uh, more aggressive than is necessary. And uh, at the end of the push was Stewart's face. <laughs> <laughs> and much like a punch, his hand or elbow or forearm or wrist knocked Stewart right over his right eye. 
and it was uh, uh, it was it was good contact. Yeah, a good amount of blood. Yeah, came. you got to take it from there. He reminds me of a a bull, you know. Um, bulls get feisty when they see red, right? Right. So Stewart gets up and is kind of walking towards LeBron to just approach him. He wasn't too upset. Too upset at the time. Got got in his face a little bit, had a little bit of words, I'm sure, and then it kind of de-escalated, and then all of a sudden, here it comes down his face. And I think he felt it or saw it, because as soon as that happened, and his face was, was dripping at this point, he, he went full-on crazy mode. Like, like, hold me back. Like, psycho. It's going to take 10 guys to hold me back from getting to him, and it did take 10 guys. Plus, it was insane. So, wait, what was... What was- LeBron's mannerisms through this whole thing. I think on he your, was, your opinion. So you see him after he clocks him, you can kind of see him look towards him and hold his hand up like, "Whoa, whoa, my my bad," you right, know. Right, which is fair. So I don't think there was any ill manner or anything intentional. Um, was it too aggressive? Absolutely, and hence the suspension, which we'll get to in a minute. Right. Um, but he he seemed very non confrontational. That's a good way to describe it. It was a very one-sided man. <laughs> um, I, I don't altercation. S- Stewart was held by players, and then officials, and then coaches, and then staff, and then they walked in one direction, and he broke free again, and then he's running full speed. Like he's not just doing the little hop and holler where he walks forward a little bit. I thought he was jumping <laughs> over hurdles. Like he was, <laughs> it was scary, right? Like. I don't know if LeBron was scared or not, but he should have been. Yeah. Stewart could have killed him. LeBron's a big guy in his own, though. But not as angry as Stewart. The one thing, they interviewed a lot of the Lakers after the game. So both both players got ejected in the third quarter. They interviewed the players after the game and the, the Lakers coach. And the coach was very positive about his guys, which I didn't notice at the time, but it's amazing that nothing came of it. Nobody went to blows I, after that. Nobody right. was was wrestling or rolling around. It didn't get any more. Sure, Stewart was out of control, right? But nobody else got into it, and so the Lakers coach was very positive about his guys. Hey, look, we de-escalated the situation. Right. We were trying to stay calm. We didn't get after him. We we kept our distance, you know, right. which is good on them. Uh, it is, and I do, and I and I'm going to say yay for them. Give him a gold star. <laughs> I don't think it's because they were like, hey, when these situations come up, we need to de-escalate them. I think it was complete shock. <laughs> I think the players were in shock, and they were like, what is happening right now? They didn't even know how to respond, so they did nothing. That's what I think happened. I think they were just in shock. Okay, so everybody talks about, and you hear it a lot with the TNT crew because they're very boisterous. I love it. Um, saying how the league nowadays is soft. Um, there's no real rivalries anymore. Nobody gets physical anymore. There's no uh, people taking things personal anymore. Okay. Okay, so with that being said, and this happening, where do you stand? What do you want to see going forward? Uh, I mean, I don't I, – I want to see emotions on the court. I mean, one of my favorite things about Whiteside since he's joined the team is his animation on the court, right? Like – He's so fun when another player shoots. So, I mean, positive emotions are the best, obviously. But you can see that at times a negative or a rivalry or a player that you have a a beef with sometimes drives players to perform at higher levels. And, again, 
we talked about this. What's the purpose of professional sports? Entertainment. Entertainment. And I think that that's a feature of it. I'm not saying, listen, we want to watch NBA players box. We can sign up for that on HBO for Daryl, <laughs> for Darren Fox or Darren whatever. So <laughs> I can't remember his name. Williams. Yeah. I, <laughs> Once they leave the jazz, it is out of Tyson's mind. I've only got no so care. much data that I can hold. Darren. Yeah, that guy. So you want to watch NBA players box. There's a, there's a venue for that. This isn't the spot, but do I want to see some rivalries and some emotion? Yes. Your thoughts. I love it. I love, uh, did he go too far? Absolutely. Right. Um, I love the physicality. I love people not backing down when something happens. Um, it does remind me of nineties NBA. Um, right. People getting physical people. I wouldn't say being dirty or cheap shotting, but being rough and being physical and setting a message within the realm of the game to you don't mess with me or my team. I like that. And I like that a lot. I would say this year there's been more technicals, more flagrant fouls, more ejections, uh, this season, uh, by a long shot compared to last year, this early on, for sure. I've always said my favorite Rudy Gobert is an angry Rudy Gobert. Yeah. And I think it's because of that. Yeah, I can see that. I like guys playing angry. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I like it. So uh, what else we got? Um, both players got suspended oh, yeah, for a game. Right, that's right. Isaiah Stewart got two games. Um, pretty minimal um, suspensions, I think. I feel like for every attempt to break free he should have got a game so three games so like 14 games yeah, 14 let's back it to 14 let's back it to 14 so i had a concept and i'm going to throw this out there really quick and uh i think that they should have a new rule okay mm-hmm. anytime there's an alteration between players no one but an official is allowed to approach the two players that are in the alteration so anytime a player so if joe ingles and uh anthony Carmelo Anthony okay. are having a, a disagreement and they start pushing each other. If Donovan Mitchell runs over and tr- separates him, technical for Donovan straight away. Every single player that runs over there and gets over there makes is a new technical. Because I, I see where you're going. No matter the intent, it usually doesn't calm things down. It does Because it involves it more pushing, yep. whether they're away from each other or whatever, but or wrapping them up and grabbing somebody, which just makes... And more just, testosterone yep, flow. <laughs> yep, there's more more grudges. There's more mistakes made. There's more heightened emotions, more players who don't know what's going on. They're just going in there to get involved. So only officials can approach. And then the rest of us just get to watch these two duke it out and see if they really have the balls to throw a punch or if it's just all talk. And then they can just walk back to their bench in shame. It's like a hockey game. You know, exactly. two guys go fight. Everyone's like, okay, let them cool off. Let yeah. them get some out. Yeah. It's the American way. And then as soon as it breaks up, okay, we'll get in and, and get him out of here. But right. in the meantime, let's just let him let's just watch. It's part of the game. I, I think <laughs> wow. I think that we should uh I think that we should try it for like a month. Okay. I'm in. See how it goes. I'll run, I'll write in a letter. I'm in. What's that skinny bald guy's name that owns the MBA? Silver. Okay, done. Okay. Uh moving on. We talked about that a little longer than anticipated, but yeah, sorry. it's exciting. Good stuff. Um, Jazz come out with two wins. We're off the bat at home. We called a 3-0 and week. We did. Both of us did. We should have had the um, game against Memphis. So, to our credit, we were right. <laughs> we, we thumped the Raptors <laughs> in Rudy Gay's debut, who was outstanding. Man, if you weren't happy with Rudy Gay, whew, 
You're off the mark. That is beautiful. Well, he even said after the game, he said, if you guys expect this from me every night, don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> because this isn't normal. I think he went eight for eight and 20 points in 15 minutes. It was awesome. He shot incredibly well. And he, you can tell he's a veteran just by his body movements and his mannerisms. He knows what he's doing. Next game against the Kings, um, which we will now dub the puke game. Another easy win, win by 18. Forever. Um, but the puke game. I mean, when your team's losing that bad that you just cannot take it and it's that disgusting that you just puke up everything that you've eaten all over the floor, that's how you. That's how the Kings fans feel. Was this a tactic? No. Oh, the Jazz are on a run. We got to do something as fans. We <laughs> no. got to do something. Get involved. Slow this run down. I'm going to no. puke all over the floor. No, this was not a Jason kid. <laughs> uh, accidentally, purposely get the court messy and slow the game down. Dang it. This guy was plastered. So, guy on the front row. Yeah, you tell the story. Just regurgitates his lunch <laughs> and his drinks <laughs> all over the floor. Right on the front row. A lot. I think there was like a 30-foot bubble around him that people would not go in there, except for the the Sacramento staff, who kudos for cleaning that up, because that sucks. I hope they all got a bonus for that. It was a a 20-minute ordeal cleaning that up. That was crazy. They were were talking about letting the players do warm-ups and all types of stuff. It was strange. The puke game. The puke game. I mean... That's what it should be on YouTube when you search it. If he was just... If he was wearing his mask, none of none of this would have happened. Yeah. If he would have got vaccinated, <laughs> it had just held in the mask, and he'd have been fine. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> awful. That is wouldn't awful. have got on the floor. He could have excused himself. I think there was enough volume there that we would have <laughs> still seen it. Yeah, that was that was uh, hilarious. The players thought it was hilarious too. Um, not much to say. We played really well against both games. Um, we looked like jazz basketball and then here comes Memphis, Memphis, Memphis last night. We were at home in Salt Lake and it was tight. The whole game game. I liked it. I think we led the majority of the game. I think we led the entire game up until the last quarter, uh, last five minutes. I think that they moved ahead for a second, but even when they would come back, they'd tie it and then we'd go up by six and then they'd go up and go up one and then we'd hit a two couple threes and go up by five or seven or whatever. And it seemed like we were in control the whole game. And then what happened? There was one moment where it looked like we were panicking when the other, when uh, we were down. And there's just this different energy and movement about the ball and the players. Um, okay, so the Jazz are great with the blender, right? There is a thing as too many passes. I believe that. Okay. And we always say we gave up a good shot for a great shot. Just sometimes... You got to take the shot. A good shot's fine. A good shot is is still good, right? And if we keep searching for a great shot, but it's not there, and we miss the good shot, well, shame on us. I mean, we got to recognize those um, because you're yeah. you're giving up a good shot for the chance at a great shot. Right. It's not a guaranteed where your shot right now is guaranteed, and it's a good shot. Right. So sometimes, like you so said, you'll see Mike Conley do this. He'll he'll be doing the search dribble. Uh, in the paint, looking for the pass, and there's not one, he'll do a floater and put it in. He'll make the choice like, yeah, there might be something if we pass it three or four more times, but really I've got an okay shot now. I'm going to put it up. And he does, and if he misses it, it's Gobert's choice to opportunity to get the rebound and the putback, which, man, his putbacks, 
and his touch buckets all game, something's changed with Gobert's hands. I don't know what it is, but his his handle on the ball is just really improved. I think he's missed like three shots in the last three games. He went nine for ten last night. Dude's a baller. He's been killing it. Um, I did see he was um, in the top ten for the MVP race, which is cool. Oh, we get a little recognition. In fact, he was on the top ten the night against the Raptors with the behind the back pass, the number one play number of the night. Number one play, yeah, which was pretty sweet. <laughs> that that was... uh, pass from Mike on the fast break, Gobert in the paint with the behind the back to Royce O'Neal slam dunk, a beautiful. So a minute and a half left. We go up six with a bogey three. Yeah, you got to win a game. What ha- what like happens? That. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, there was that weird call under the rim, right? The goaltend that got turned back or or whatever. I I can't say that I still understand why that ended up being a jump ball mid court. I feel like referees when they decide to jump ball off of anything besides two players holding the ball at the same time, it's like they're like, I don't know what the rule is. Let's just go. <laughs> Just, just go do a jump ball. I honestly think that's part of it. It's like when you can't make up a call, and, and maybe the rule book says this too, but when you can't make a call, jump ball. I've seen people do it on an out-of-bounds call. The two refs are like, I didn't have position. I didn't see who it's out. Jump ball. Right. So so the jump ball is to referees like duct tape is to rednecks. I, that is the perfect analogy. It's just we, a- And that'll be all for our show right there. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it's a fix-all. <laughs> We're rubbish. Situation's gone downhill that bad. Um, what I I was reading an article um, from a jazz guy, and his argument was, okay, you're up six with a minute and a half left. What is the most important thing at that point? I would I would agree with him, and he said getting stops, getting your defensive unit out there, and protecting. Your, your points, right? Um, but we didn't have our defensive unit out there, I don't feel like. Bogey is not a defensive caliber player, and he had a great fourth quarter. Um, this guy's argument was get our defenders on the floor, get guys that can make plays on defense, be physical, get rebounds, because we got the lead, and we just got to hold the lead. We don't have to score anymore. So I don't know. There was a point uh, where the – we're going to do the jump ball, and Coach Quinn Snyder had subbed in Mike Conley. Yes. The referees caught that and realized that in this situation, the the off-ball possession, they weren't allowed to do that. They needed to call a timeout. So Quinn called the timeout just so he could put Mike in. Are you saying that the better situation would have been to leave Whiteside in and have another defensive player out there rather than a score? A uh, long ball shooter like Mike? I think so, especially with the jump ball, too. Cause that's, put, another, that's someone else who can grab the ball. Right, put big guys around there Absolutely. To, to tip a ball or to get it back. But Mike Conley's not jumping over anybody. He's not getting a oh. ball when it's a, when it's a 50-50 ball. Right. He's getting rebounds when they come right to him, and that's it. I feel like Quinn's th- mindset behind that was, who are my high-percentage foul shot shooters? It could be. So I think, and and you've seen that in a lot of games, uh, that's what it comes down to. Teams will start fouling with the opportunity for possessions and points, and so coaches will put in all their best three or free throw shooters. So that's what I think Quinn was thinking, but that's just not the direction that the game went. Um, not only that, but then you have your your leading scorer, your best player, arguably, um, go five for twenty. 
not good enough from Mitchell last night. He was a minus 11 on the game. Um, just wasn't shooting the ball well. And I don't know if that's a Memphis thing on him because he struggled against Memphis in the playoffs last year at times. I think he likes Ja Morant much like I think a lot of the Jazz fan base does. Who? How can you not like Ja Morant when you mm-hmm. have someone like that other douchebag on their team? What's his name? Brooks? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> oh, what a tool. Sorry. So I don't know what – what. Um, honestly, I think Donovan was off his game because of this uh, D. Baines guy. I think that he got thrown off by his skill level because he was guarding him the first few minutes of the game and just he was just shaming Donovan Mitchell's defense. So I think Quinn recognized that that was mentally playing a, playing a part on Donovan's game and he switched him up, had him play somebody else, but still he never got back in the groove. Yeah. I don't think it cost us the game because you look at Mitchell and how poor of a shooting night he had. You look at the other guys that stepped up. Rudy obviously was fantastic. Mike Conley went 7 for 12, 19 points. Bogey, 8 for 14, 24 points. Um, Whiteside had a good game. Guys stepped up when Mitchell was struggling. I just think we didn't get stops down the stretch, and they were getting the shots and the the to the positions on an offensive end wherever they wanted, whenever they wanted. You know, we talk about that last shot they made with five seconds left to go up one. That's a practice shot. Right. He was wide open. Sure, he knocked it down in the crunch time and when the pressure was on, but he was naked out there. Absolutely. That's a practice shot. It's not good enough when the, the game's on the line from the Jazz. And some of this comes from the Jazz having a target on their back where they are a reputable, well-known, good-playing team, okay? Jackson Jr., the guy who shot that three-pointer that put us away, uh-huh. really was the dagger. Uh, his average is 14 points a game. So he scored 26 points that game, and he didn't start out great, but he just came in later. The second half, was he really shined. And this this D-Mains guy, just incredible, man. I, I liked him. The way yeah. he played, he was suave. I mean, his slam dunks, that one catch in alley-oop, I don't know if you saw that. They were kind of like a reverse, I'm going to call it a cat hook. I don't know where the cat <laughs> comes from. But just because he did his thing and then landed, and cats always land. Anyway. Great shot. The guy's athletic. I like him a lot. Can we just appreciate Tyson right here? He's on a roll with the the duct tape comment, the cat hook. This is great. Ducks and cats. This is gold, people. You better appreciate this. I don't I don't know where the cat came, but you you can't have watched him not and and watched him play and not appreciated him. I agree. He was great. The part that makes it bitter is Last year, the Jazz could have drafted him. He was still on the board when we picked up Azabuki, who obviously had a rough night. Uh, yeah, didn't play. So that sucks. But anyways, Bain's a player, and he's gonna. They're gonna be a playoff team, and we're gonna see them in the playoffs if we if we match up right. But um, so they're I, not I, going I away. We, I hope we play them because be I think it's a fun matchup. Uh, I just hope Brooks isn't there because I don't like that guy. We got four games coming up before you hear from us again. Um, we're on the road in OKC coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, day before Thanksgiving. Um, and then we play New Orleans back-to-back nights this weekend. That's interesting. That'll be fun. Followed up by Damian Lillard coming to Salt Lake yes. and the Portland Trailblazers on Monday. Welcome so home, Damian. And happy Thanksgiving to all of you guys. Absolutely. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving to you, Yeah, Tyson. you too. I'm thankful for the Jazz Beats <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Aren't we all? Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You guys are amazing.